ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. I really need your help. We need your help. Help me, Maggie. What should I do? Please help, Maggie. I'm Maggie Dent, and in these special Help Me Maggie episodes on Parental as Anything, you get to ask me the sticky, tricky parenting questions you're dying to get the answers to. What did you wish for for your 12th birthday? Maybe it was a pony or a new bike. Or maybe just a trip to the movies with your friends or the pool or the beach. Well, for many today, their own smartphone is top of the wish list. My daughter's just started Year 7 and it seems that everyone else has a smartphone. And I'm just wondering, is it okay to give her a phone for her 12th birthday? We want to be able to contact her when she's on the school bus and for her to be able to contact us if she needs to, but we don't want the phone use to get out of control. I've spoken to so many parents of children going to all different sorts of schools and everyone going into year seven does have a phone, which surprised me. Obviously we would set a lot of boundaries around it and there'd be no social media apps or anything yet, I don't think. I'm just really looking for advice if that would be detrimental to her mental health or her ability to interact and communicate with us if she does have a phone when she's 11 turning 12. Thanks so much, Maggie. Dear phone-phobic mum, you are so not alone. Of course she's begging for a phone if all her friends have a phone. Don't you remember doing the same thing? Everyone else has got one. Technically, your daughter is a tween. And the good news, this is an age where we can often still have conversations that can help our kids learn and grow before they stop listening to us. And that can help them to navigate those things like friendships, phones and social media. So that's good news. Now, while I'm giving you my tips for how to introduce a phone into your tween's life, I want you to understand that it's better to delay rather than go early, and it's better not to completely exclude her from the digital world on a phone as she moves forward in life because she will need it to navigate life after school. And it's the access to the digital world that we want her to come to understand, and we need to know how to do that responsibly and respectfully, and we all learn from experience. The main reason your daughter wants and maybe even needs a phone is because that's where her friendship group is forming and growing and socialising. And, unfortunately, excluding her can have huge ramifications for her on so many levels around friendships. She knows without a phone, it'll be harder for her to stay connected with her group. And inclusion is a huge biological need in the tween and teen window. And friendships are deeply influenced and often positively influenced through connection that happens via the phone and the apps. So we've got to find a place in the middle between both your concerns and her concerns. So once you feel your child is ready for a smartphone, and remember an age isn't a really good choice, it's more to do with maturity, talk to her friends and their families and the tribe around you about the rules and the boundaries and come up with similar plans if you can 
on how to educate kids about that digital world. It needs to be a gradual introduction rather than throwing them out into the middle of the highway without them knowing how to drive. And it's the parents, not the tweens, who decide which app their kids will have access to. And I really suggest you start with just one or two, not heaps of them, because they're much harder to monitor. As a parent, again, it's your job to educate your children about the risks these apps may pose. I've done lots of episodes now about cyberbullying, body image and screen addiction. The message is often the same. Teach your children to set their own healthy boundaries. Leave the phone out of the bedroom at night. Use your phone's privacy settings so the apps can't track your location and activate anything else that keeps them safe. Make sure you have a conversations about the ethics of tech companies that just want kids' money and to influence them with advertising that make sure most of the content that comes into their streams is negative. Really talk about that because we know they can drown in negativity in their own life without seeing it endlessly online. Then talk to them about curating positive influences because there's some fabulous people they can follow that will be uplifting and good for their self-esteem. Have many conversations about saying safe and respectful online and tell her she can always bring her concerns to you if she's being trolled or treated unkindly or sees something traumatic. And of course, talk about her digital footprint. Some of them have no idea what that is. Please check out the eSafety Commissioner if you're Australian because you will find some great suggestions on there on how to do this journey as well. But you've got to be as well-informed and well-educated as possible before you hand over the smartphone. Now, another strategy some parents have used is they give their child the dumb phone and they load the app on their phone and the kids borrow their phone in the time frame that works for both the family and the girl's friends. So, you know, between 5 and 6.30, she can jump on, she can do all the messaging, check what's going on and what's going on. So that way she doesn't miss out on the social connectedness that the digital world can bring. However, she doesn't have a phone that can do that. Hopefully, she still has interest where she connects with friends or cousins or kids in the neighbourhood. So the phone is not the only way of connecting. Face-to-face is still extremely cup-filling for every girl. If you do decide to allow your child to access social media, one condition of use is that they have one safe grown-up or adult ally who will be in the background of that app. It's really important. It doesn't have to be you. Actual fact, it's probably better if it isn't you, but it's got to be someone that you can trust, an older sibling, an older cousin, an auntie, someone who, you know, they really value in their life. So if anything gets a little bit suspicious or a little bit potentially harmful, they can then step in and be the voice of reason that you would love yourself to be doing. And finally, I really like the idea of an agreement or a contract of expectations. For example, you might include boundaries around the times she can use the phone or a condition that she keeps up her extracurricular activities. She keeps playing sport. You know, she gets her homework done. Her grades are maintained or pre-approval from you before she can download a new app. Then, if she breaks one of the clauses of the agreement, she experiences a consequence. 
the loss of the privilege of having the phone. I really suggest only for 24 hours the first time because seriously, 24 hours the first time is going to seem like a week. And then if it happens again, it's 48 hours. So there really has got this consequence in the background of making, you know, better choices. Please make sure you let her tell her friends she will be out of touch, though, before you remove her phone. Yeah, she might say some awful things about you, but that's okay. So we need to have some sort of consequences for not being able to follow a clause. And please, even if you don't decide to draw up a contract or agreement, make one non-negotiable rule that the phone does not live in their bedroom overnight because our kids absolutely need to prioritise sleep and it's also a time their prefrontal lobe comes offline so they're likely to make poorer choices at night than they do during the day. They absolutely need their sleep. And lots of families are using a lockbox in the kitchen for everyone's phones because mums and dads are struggling. And that means, once again, there are no phones in the bedrooms. So those strategies that I've just explained is a little bit like letting your daughter drive in one lane on the digital highway at 60 k's an hour rather than allowing her to hit the freeway at 110 k's per hour and go wherever she likes. We still need to be the rails on the bridge. So I hope that's helping you make this decision because you are the one who wants to protect your daughter as best you can in this crazy digital world. Now, if you want to hear more about how to protect your kids from the online world, we have a companion episode called Teens, Smartphones and How to Get It Right. (laughs) Yeah, well, most of the time. You'll find it in the Parental as Anything podcast feed. Next time, grandparents can be a loving figure in your child's life and a huge support to you, but it's not always smooth sailing. I tried to put the boundaries in place, but they basically scoffed at me and they just said, well, you turned out fine and you ate everything and we gave you treats. And I'm like, when they're under three, I I don't really want my kids chowing down on biscuits and sugar. We'll celebrate the joys, explore the challenges and help me navigate the rough patches when it comes to grandparents. Look for Parental as Anything in the ABC Listen app. This episode of Parental as Anything was recorded and produced on Gadigal, Gunditjmara and Combamere country. 